This is the Winning Plays Podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. All right, new edition of the Winning Plays Podcast is here, and the Celtics season is on the brink after a Game 5 no-show against the Sixers at TD Garden. This episode of the Winning Plays Podcast is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Head on over to FanDuel.com slash Boston to get your first no-sweat first bet. My name is Brian Robb, joined by Ryan Bernardoni at DangerCard for, on Twitter for just the uh, the postmortem on what was easily the team's worst performance of the postseason and probably just one of the worst performances all year long, Ryan. And so do we do we want to talk what needs to change going into the game six or do we want to actually get into more of like what went wrong in that game? Because I don't know if we have enough time to really go into all of like all the issues that were at hand last night. Uh, I don't even know if it was their worst game of the postseason. Was game one worse? Um, yeah, that's, that's a very good point. Just under the circumstances with, you know, no MVP yeah. even. Sure. Um, I mean, to me, everything flows out of out of one problem, uh, which is that they didn't make three-point shots. Mm. Um, and I know it's simplistic, and I know that it's something that I've been harping on all year. Um, and I know that they're, in my opinion, what flows out of that is a number of other problems but ultimately, they missed all of their open threes in the first half. And when that happens, and that has happened to them on not a ton of occasions this year, but it certainly has happened to them in, in games before, they just kind of get lost in the wilderness. Like, they they don't have another way to play. And I think that they know that. Uh, and so they either... I mean, usually what happens is that everything else just sort of falls apart around it, right? Like, they lose their energy and, and hang their heads and we so we can talk about all the other things that happened and, and maybe you disagree with me on that and that it doesn't all flow from that but to me like that that's the starting point is that they created good three-point shots in the first half and none of them went in and then they stopped shooting them in the second half until garbage time and there's no real way for this team to win when when they play that way yeah i think i think that aligns it well and this is a I don't want to call this a front running team, but all year long, but it's a situation where they haven't had to like lean on defensive grit at points a lot during the regular season to win these type of, you know, the games or haven't been able to do that period for a lot of these games. It's always been, we'll beat teams of offense. The defense has been there in spurts, but it hasn't been there nearly as consistently as we saw last season. And I do think, yeah, like it was a, a situation where, pretty much all the supporting cast was not hitting threes early on. And then no adjustments were made or adjustments were made too late in the second half to matter from a standpoint of like, all right, we still need to do this. We need to find guys that can shoot it and shoot it confidently. And so we'll talk more about game five in a second, but here, but going into game six now, like if, if that's your strength, if that's your identity here. Like how do you, how do you fix that in game six with your season aligned with such little margin for error, knowing that with Embiid looking more and more on them, like himself on the interior in this series. Now, like the roadmap for you to get back in the series is the three ball and finding guys that aren't just willing to take and obviously are actually hitting some. Yeah. I, and I don't know if there's a way to, to fix that because I don't know if you can say that it's broken. It's just the way the team is built. Uh, we we go all the way through the year saying, well, you know, live by the three, die by the three. And when they make a bunch of threes, everybody goes, oh, live by the three. And when they miss a bunch of threes, everybody goes, oh, they didn't play with energy. They didn't do this. They didn't do that. 
and it, in the end, it's the way that you fix it is that you make the shots. And that means that if you miss the first five, you take the next five. You create you like if you're missing open threes, there there is no alternative solution other than to keep creating and taking open threes. And you can do a lot of other things, but a lot of the other things that you're going to do, in in my opinion, flow from the energy of the team making threes. It flows from the way that the defense has to react to you making threes. It puts the pressure onto the other team instead of onto you, where they start to pressure themselves on offense and maybe they're trying to chase points because you're hitting threes and so you're going to score 125 points and so they start to do things that create take a higher risk and create turnovers um and all of those things flow out of just like Val Horford gets six open threes he's got to make some of them and Derek White who was the second or third best player on the team all year like has to show up and it can't be you know like it sort of was in the playoffs last year where he just has these games where he, where he disappears and like we can talk about changes and adjustments to make. I, the team is not with the, like the coach is not one who seems prone to making changes. <laughs> Big adjustment um, guy, Joe Mazzulla. Yeah, he's it, he seems to just sort of have his philosophies and his principles that he that he wants to stick to uh, in the face of a lot of things. Um, I would make changes to start the game in in part just like messaging changes in terms of like changing the starting lineup to send the message of like we are going to play this particular way in this game because if you go on the road in in game six against a team that can eliminate you and you fall behind early and you're playing the wrong way like the game's going to get away from you you're going to lose it but if you come out and you make five out of eight threes (laughs) like to start the first quarter you know in in the first quarter um then that gives you a foundation to build on um and Takes so the out of the game a little bit. Yeah. And, and like nobody, wa- I understand that nobody wants to hear like, well, you need to make your shots as the solution to the, the problem after a game like that. But um, in some ways I was more frustrated by games one and four in the way that they approach things. than game five where it's like, oh, I've seen this game before you missed all your shots and then everything fell apart. I know that I, I know we've done that 15 times this year. I yeah, get that. Well, and it's a situation where they shouldn't they are the law of averages is like you're going to have one of these games shooting wise just yeah. but and and it that's happened you, and that's you, why and you can't you, give away games one and that's four. why you, exactly this is literally like the card like this is why there was like oh yeah we're confident after game four. Like, like no well i mean this is you are tempting fate with this and they did it and now they have no margin for error um all right you mentioned the starting change uh, give me your change i want to throw my idea is at you and let's, let's try to workshop this. I mean, I would make a change that Missoula will not make. And I don't think anybody else will agree with, but I would start Sam Hauser instead of one of the guards. Wow. I'm not saying I would play him starters minutes. I wouldn't play him 30 minutes, but that's what I would do. I, I want to do a couple things. One is I want to start the game with more shooting and spacing because I want to make the game a little bit easier on Tatum and Brown right off the jump. Yep. Um, and I want to decouple uh, Malcolm Brogdon from uh, Rob Williams and maybe mm-hmm. not play Rob Williams in any minutes that it that Embiid's on the floor. So I want to get shooting on the floor. I want to get Grant in as your second big. In the few minutes where you might play Rob, where Paul Reed is on the floor, I do not want him on the floor with Malcolm Brogdon anymore. And um, so I would change basically rotations, and I would start that by starting Hauser. Not only do I like the spacing and the potential to get the shooting on there, there's some chance that it will also take them out of their flow because they'll do the thing that teams have done all year and try to pick on him for sure. five or six seconds of like looking for matchups and and maybe it works like maybe maybe Harden just hits step back threes over him but um 
I'm looking for a little bit of variance to start the game because, like I said, if you just roll out there in a in a game six elimination game on the road, uh, you're either counting on Tatum scoring 50 again, like your 46, like he did last year, or you have to have some some aggressiveness. And I think that's an aggressive change to try to uh, lean into what this team really is. Yeah, I where would you go? <laughs> I like it, but I'm I'm betting on Pritchard over Hauser. For like the it's too small. I agree. I like you. not to start, not to start. Like I just I want Pritchard to take some of the Brogdon minutes or the White minutes, depending on who who's showing up. Who's actually? I feel like both of those guys in you you'll have a feel probably six to ten minutes into their stint, like what you're getting out of them on a certain night. And I mean, you're at halftime then. That's my problem with that. Is like but, you no, have but to like even even then, but like but you give you give Pritchard a shot in the like. In the yeah. first half, like you give him some minutes there. And I think going smaller, you're going to have to make sacrifices. And I, I think that Pritchard against defensively, I honestly like him a little bit better than Brogdon. If you're going to have him on maxi or, or if you're going to go over screens against Harden, like Brogdon has been lit up the last couple of games on that front. He has been a huge liability. And to your point, offensively, like with Rob, like with like, just not a good playmaker for teammates in this series. I feel like in these, I've never seen anybody with more tunnel vision. Like I've never seen a point with more tunnel vision than Malcolm Brogdon in the playoffs. He's got, it seems like Rob has almost given up on even like calling for the lob now because he's had so many opportunities to throw it and hasn't even attempted one. It's not even like, it's like the Terry Rozier thing where he throws bad lobs because while Rob does not look anywhere close to as athletic as he looked pre-injury last year, you can still throw some pretty bad lobs and he'll turn them into good things. And th- he just doesn't throw them. Like the two run into each other all the time. Cause it's like Rob is open for the lob and Brogdon just like dribbles into the same space and, and nothing good comes of it. Uh, so I want to get them apart. Uh, right. Which my, you can put Brogdon on the bench more, put Brogdon on the bench more. Well, so I think there's two, two places I want to go here. One is my problem with Pritchard going in is sort of the problem that they had when they put him in in the second half, which is that if you don't actually give him the ball, then what difference does it make? Like, Hauser's role as such a, a quick catch and shoot player means that the ball finds him more easily than it does Pritchard, who actually has to like be given the ball. Um, not always. Pritchard still has very good, you know, we know about how well he is, how well he can shoot from like deep on the wings. Uh, but in terms of where he's going to be on the floor, I think that it's easier to put in Hauser and forces some decisions on their defense about how they're going to stick to things. Uh, but we can t- we can talk about that. I-, I think we should take a little bit of an aside here into that sideline report yesterday, which I guess you probably didn't hear because you were there, right? Yeah. Um, where they said they were in a timeout, and the report coming out of the timeout was that basically the players were arguing over how to defend Harden, and Joe Mazzulla came in and said that what they were going to do is that Malcolm Brogdon was going to take Harden. And I lost my mind. I saw because... that tweet. I didn't understand that too, but that makes... Yeah, he's been I, it's... lit up like they are searching him. Harden is searching him out and you're just going to that's your solution is to just like give it to him. Um, It's a complete lack of recognition of what's going on the floor. Like unless the idea is like, oh, well, we're going to have to switch it anyway. So let's not give him a like, let's make it so they he has to play it. I don't know. I have no idea what the thought process is in that. It's a crazy thing to say. Like, I don't get it. Um, Brogdon's been he scores I, like I think the reason he's playing as much is because he's one of the few players who can who's been able to consistently make threes in yeah this he's series. hitting shots in this series and so they need that although he didn't in in last game 
it's just he compromises the defense when Harden is out there and when he's out there with subunits, which is, I mean, that's the other way that you could talk about it is, right? You could say that you should actually start Brogdon, like to get him away from Rob and to get shooting on the floor, you could start. Can't Brogdon, do that. It would is, hurt his six man of the year chances. Can't do that. I think like that is probably the most likely change. If there is a change in the starting lineup is like Brogdon in white out. But then I'm terrified that the, that it will be like, oh, well, we wanted to put Brogdon on Harden to start the game. And I'll be like, what are, what are we doing here? <laughs> the other thing I like about, I, I'm rambling here, but the other thing I, that I would li- like a little bit about starting Hauser is that I think you have to activate Tatum more on the defensive end. Like they're not getting any turnovers. Uh, so yeah. having him as a helper, like isn't leading to anything. And while he's probably going to have to play 46 minutes or something and asking him to do more on defense is, is really difficult getting him more involved in things as just like, here's a six, nine guy with long arms who can block shots from behind and who can get steals uh, at least did it earlier in his career when he was playing in sort of a different role. They need to get out in transition. Like they need to up the pace. They need to be able to force turnovers. And and it's in a weird way, having Hauser being the guy who they're hiding, who they're hiding on PJ Tucker and activating Tatum more maybe leads to some more of that. Um, but I don't yeah, know. Yeah. It's like, like has, has Tatum spent really any meaningful time on Harden this series? No, I mean he's been he's been the helper. Um, he's been help, but like I said, like if it that does not with the coverages that they're, I mean it's worked a couple, you know, like whatever, it worked in game three, pretty well. But beyond that, like they've been they've been lit up pretty good in one, four, and five by the pick and roll with Harden. And he, and he is a really good help and recover defender, and so I understand like that's and also it's a less taxing role when you're having him try to do everything on on offense, but like. It's unfortunately it's too late now to make the change. Yep, and nope. get, get shift more of his role on defense and a little bit less of the playmaking role on offense, and it's just too late to do that at, at this point. That, that would be something they would have had to have done months ago. Um, but like I said, that that's sort of where I am with Hauser is like put somebody on the floor who spaces the floor, makes it a little bit easier for Jalen and Jason on on offense at the very beginning of the game, uh, change some of the defensive matchups, and see what happens basically. And and then I'm not expecting that he plays a, a ton of minutes after that, but if it works, you know, you can stick with it. Um, but I'm just looking for something that's like message sending almost like we are going to shoot open threes. We are going to hunt out these shots. We are going to be uh, a little more aggressive with how we're using our, our biggest players on, on defense and go from there. Um, because otherwise the solution is that you play the exact same way, but you make 40% of your threes instead of 25% of your threes. And then you're just giving it into like, let's see what happens here. Let's talk about other players in this team right now. Um, I agree if you like whether it's Hauser, whether it's Pritchard, I think we're both like someone's someone's got to see minutes there. Someone's got to open the floor more, give yourself improved spacing and let this increase your odds of being able to hit those threes and have people willing to take those threes. Defensively right now, Embiid, Starting to look like himself again. That knee brace is off. Oops. Probably should have won one of those earlier games, but that's a reality now. Harden has had his way in the pick and roll the last few nights. Started last night with the shot. Finished it out with the pass. Um, pretty much just breaking the Celtics down in drop coverage or whether he has someone like Brogdon trying to fight through screens and not um, bothering as much. And then Maxi, I think, is the, the, the true wild card here because... Six to twelve for three. I mean, he's not going to do that every night, but when he's when you give him the confidence on that front, then the Sixers suddenly become pretty impossible to defend to take away quality shots from. So, 
Like what's, what's your order of operations there? Like, do you, who do you trust to kind of slow down Maxi, or is that just going to be a situation where you have to pick your poison? You're gonna have to give something up and, you know, you, you, the odds are better off that, you know, Maxi shoots them out of the game rather than taking any away from your, you know, Harden and Bede defensive game plan. I don't think you can make significant changes on Maxi. Um, if he's going to come blitzing around a screen, catch and rise and shoot threes from, you know, 18 inches behind the three point line, like you're, I don't know what you can, you can't really do that against, do much about that against anybody. Uh, he's a good shooter. He's probably their best shooter. Um, and you, you know, you have to chase him, but I don't know if you can do anything about, well, he goes six for 12, like you said. Uh, a lot of praise for Embiid yesterday, which is fine and justified. I don't think he played like an amazing game. Um, I thought, like, offensively, yes, he had, what, 33, um, but he had, you know, it was odds on whatever, 28 possessions when you count free throws. And he so many dumb fouls committed on him. <laughs> yeah, and, and, he, and he turned the ball over four times. Like, it, it wasn't some game that you could not overcome, is what I, what I would say. Yeah. Now, there may be one of those games coming in game six and seven, which, again, is the risk that you're running by playing out this series and last series the way that you have. Or maybe you go out and shoot 40% and you still you basically have won all those games all year, but he scores 55 and you're done. Uh, I don't think it was like some amazing game from him. It was helped certainly by the stupid fouls. Uh, Harden continues to be the problem. Uh, even on nights where he doesn't go off and, and score a ton of points, he's just controlling the game in a way that they are struggling with. They are not turning the ball over at all. And the Celtics are not getting out in transition and the game was pay- played at a very slow pace yesterday with a lot of fouls and no turnovers. And I don't, like you said, like how much time has Tatum spent guarding Harden? Like, do you need to put more length on him and try to disrupt some of the things that he, that he's doing? I don't really know. Um, but I think like, that's still the the number one focus and you live with Embiid, like at least to start the game, you have to accept that if he scores 33 points on, 28 possessions and four turnovers like that's that's survivable uh and then you have the other problem which is like also tobias harris is shooting it really well and they mm-hmm. house comes in yesterday and shoots well and like none of the celtics role players showed up at all yesterday even at home right which is normally what you're expecting to in it grant's been a no-show since he got stepped on which is understandable but not well not he committed helpful. those two stupid fouls and then he's yeah. done he just doesn't right. play again um and you have to like allow players to make some amount of mistakes like there are some players who have a very long leash with mistakes and some players who have you know basically no leash with mistakes but it's such a bad matchup for rob if Embiid's playing up to anywhere close to his normal standards like we know that it's a miserable matchup for rob he's just the exact type of player that Embiid kills and hard just give up on grant yeah yeah i mean rob again rob from last year pre-injury was looked like a completely different player than the one now he looks like a sort of average pick and roll center before he looked like a basketball playing alien so i don't you can't blame him for getting injured right like i don't know what to do about the fact that he just doesn't look like the same player now um but you have to live with that reality and and not play grant williams eight minutes with three or four of those being in garbage time like you have to lean into the fact that you have a guy who you're gonna have to try to play him in that matchup for the defense and also because he will shoot threes again like you have to have guys who are willing to shoot and they, I think they took 10 threes in the first 20 minutes of the second half yesterday. Maybe it was 11. I don't know. Right. Like they had like 23 at halftime and 33 when, when they brought in Pritchard and, and everybody with four minutes to go, like they just, they became fearful of shooting. And so the place that 
Embiid made the bigger difference, I think, than on offense is that they were unwilling to shoot threes and so attacking Embiid and then not being able to get all the way to the rim because he's there and it like you, they just played into their hands by missing shots and then giving up on that as a strategy. It was, again, just pressing whatever you want to call it. You say just overthinking it, the offense. There was just no flow in the second half at all. And they were also getting beat to loose balls. The, like the fight clearly wasn't there as well. And now, you know, we throw all this stuff out there. Like, I think the odds are that they're just going to run it, run it back out as it is. Um, they'll maybe be tweaks defensively, like with matchup wise and stuff like that. Clearly, something has to be done here. Something that standing idly by and watching this happen here would be malpractice. But the the coaching staff, like this, He's they, they haven't shown much in this series right now. It, 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 like from a game to game standpoint, there there just hasn't been. They're, they're getting Doc Rivers and company is is you know not mopping the floor of them, but it's yeah no they're they have, they they've had Doc Rivers, who is not considered a great playoff coach, um, no. despite 2008, is yeah, is putting it to Missoula. Like they turned over yeah. a team with title with title aspirations to a coach with no experience, and then gave them gave no assistance with any experience, and that has to an extent um, been a major flaw. <laughs> to an extent, major. I don't know if that's proper grammar, but no, it has. I mean, um, they, it's, it's been it's a problem. Them, it's cost them the games, yeah. and that's not even like not even the end of game management part of it. It's like beyond that, it's yeah. cost them games. And costing yourself games in the playoffs costs your season. And that may be what's going on here. So um, they say that if you go on a hike and you get lost, right, that you're supposed to, they say that what, the first thing you do is to stop, right? You stop, you don't like go off and wander around or try to do some crazy thing. You stop and you figure out what's going on and you try to put your put a plan together. And it seems like what happens when this team gets lost in the wilderness is that they go crazy. Right. So yesterday, like I said, they can't make their threes. That's they their separate. foundation. They start missing and they just are like, yeah, everybody goes scattering in opposite directions, thinking that they know the way home. And then they find that they're really lost and then they're done. And like what they needed to do yesterday was like, keep plugging away in that game. Keep trying to. And then you regroup at this point if it doesn't turn around and you make changes. And it seems like they have it in reverse. Like they just threw everything out the window in the middle of the game yesterday. And now to now they'll just go back to doing the same thing again, which is maybe the right answer. Like I like I said, I don't think they have another way of playing or of winning. Um because of just the way that this team has been built and and played through the season. Um, but we'll find out, right? Like make shots, play hard, make shots, then I think they'll win game six because they haven't they're still what 40 and two when they make 40% of their threes, but they haven't made 40% of their threes in a single game in this series. And the 76ers have done it three times and then 38% once. And they if they don't win the shooting battle, and that means that Al Horford and Derek White and you know Malcolm Brogdon and the role players, whoever gets the the call for that that last spot, they just gotta you just gotta make the shots. It's that simple. Uh and then you hope that game seven, that the crowd is better than it was yesterday and that the team uh, has, you know, more to it. And, and that game seven home court carries through like it has in historically in, in the playoffs. But first things first, you got to show up tomorrow. You do. It's uh, this is a better team than last year's Bucks team. Count wise. So it's it's going to be, I think, a, a, a stiffer challenge. And that one was a you needed a super newer, newer performance from Tatum in that one. And 
He'll get his chance again on Thursday night for now. We'll be watching, waiting to see what adjustments they have up their sleeve. But And we'll have a reaction with you guys after game six, one way or another. In the meantime, make sure you're following Ryan at the Intercart on Twitter. Ryan, is this going to be what final? Is this the last time we're talking to you in season right now? What's 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 our final? What's our gut feel? No, we'll be talking next round. They're going to win six and seven. All right. There you go. All right. Stay tuned for that. And uh, we'll talk to you guys on Friday.